Welcome. You're listening to Dive Bars. The Last Call. With Mike Wolf And Amari Fall. So today we're going to be visiting and talking about uh, three lovely dives. Uh, one a little bit less divey, I suppose, but... Uh, the Jolly Jug, um, Stamps, and Roll Halls. Roll Halls in Black Rock. Following that, we will be doing our recipe. So we, uh, we have two recipes coming up in this one. It's a double dose for y'all. We got one old-timey cocktail because, after all, this is the historical episode. It's going to be the Scotch Whiskey Highball. Uh, it goes back to, what, the 19th century? So it's an old-timey one. You don't even need ice if you don't want it. And uh, we'll also be doing a little bit more of a tiki cocktail because we could all use a little sunshine right now. Uh, it's going to be a tequila sunrise. So get your vitamin C in there, kids. Um, beyond that, we also have a, an exclusive interview with Buffalo Brewing History's John Ice. Great guy. Uh, lo- lovely guy to get a beer with, really. Uh, he knows everything about brewing history in Western New York, distilling history, bar history, and uh, we will interrogate him deeply about it. Here we go. Recipe time. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. This is a, more of a, a history episode. We're going to step back to the age of the whis- uh, Scotch Whiskey Highball. You make a highball pretty much any liquor and something fizzy. They're all technically highballs. So we've got two little tiny highball glasses. A lot of them are a little taller, but these ones are good for mini highballs. Because Scotch is very expensive, we got the baby little doers. Because uh, we didn't want to spend 60 bucks on a shooting episode. <laughs> um, and then some, uh, some seltzer water. You can use mineral water if you like. It's a little more bitter sometimes. Um, regular, cheap, old, generic. You don't need anything fancy for the water. Yeah, you'll, you'll taste it, but the scotch is going to overpower it so much that uh, you might not really care. So I was doing some research, and it says that according to a New York barman named Patrick Duffy, it was introduced by the English actor E.J. Radcliffe. Nice. He was the one who brought it to America. So, uh... Scotch highball, pretty easy. Two ingredients, scotch and fizzy water. Sparkling water, seltzer water. Uh, wouldn't use club soda. It's a little more bitter. You know, I'd stick with something like uh, a seltzer. And give us each about an ounce. Unless you want to go all the way. Oh. We're going all the way. All right. Go big or go home. So we're going to save a little tiny bit of scotch. Just so we can have some plain scotch later. Yeah, it'll do it. All right. And then uh, crack the seltzer. Give us a nice little pour. Everyone has their own secret ratio. I just finished the glass. You know, whatever. You can add a little more seltzer after I take a few sips if it's too scotchy. Usually not too scotchy. And there's no shake or nothing for this. You can give it a stir. This is an old-timey drink. Uh, it can even be served without ice. I think that's why it was big a uh, long time ago. Because if you're out in a, you know, with just bourbon or something, because you can use bourbon as well, it uh, doesn't really taste that much different if it's cold. So, yeah. That is a quick little uh, scotch eyeball, man. Cheers. Oh, that's the stuff. It's not sweet or anything like a lot of people expect a lot of cocktails to be. So, you know, a lot, a lot of drinks out there, you have like a, a soda or pop, something with a lot of sugar in it, um, or something with a lot of citrus in it, whatever. This is, essentially, this is scotch and water, um, which uh, scotch and water is actually considered a drink in its own. But, uh, you know, a little extra fizz, if you like the other best. Scotch with water. <laughs> a lot of people add um, to, to whiskeys, whether it's scotch whiskey or bourbon, anything like that, especially really expensive ones, they, they add a little water to it, whether it's a couple drops um, or a lot more of it to uh, to bring out the nose, they call it. It, it really accentuates the flavors um, and, and sort of kicks them up into your face a little bit more. So you can smell the whiskey better, supposedly taste it a little better. You know, it's a, it's sort of a tactic that a lot of people use. Plus, then you're not just drinking straight up uh, bourbon by the glass. <laughs> you're tempering it a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe you're staying slightly better hydrated. I'm not sure if it works that way but we're not scientists um yeah man so that's recipe number one uh i'm gonna try and jam in another quick one uh, we're gonna do the tequila sunrise everybody so uh, not a winter fall drink at all but this one is um yeah the uh the tequila sunrise is more because i prepared a uh, another batch of fresh grenadine so uh let me get that his grenadine is making a second appearance. Second appearance, huh? Eh? used this in the very first episode, or was Grenadine? it the second episode? Ooh, With I the, can't um, it's been a lot Shirley of Temples. Mm, mm-hmm. The Dirty Shirley. Dirty Shirley's. Oh, then the other thing we need? Some regular old OJ. It doesn't really matter if you use crazy expensive orange juice, because, like with a lot of cocktails, you might not taste it because the tequila is such a smash to the face. 
This one's very often served in a, in a bit bigger of a glass um, because you want the orange juice to decill ratio to really favor the orange juice. Oh, I did not know you were using a different glass. For I like these ones because they feel more tropical. Okay. They're not. I think they're bigger glasses. <laughs> but the globe shape looks kind of cool with yes. uh, some bigger they're... drinks and have a higher fluid volume to work with. All right, so the trick to the tequila sunrise, uh, in my opinion, is really getting that sunrise, sunset sort of look to it. So the easiest way to accomplish that. So we're going to start with the tequila. Give that little dump right over the ice so it chills better. And then, oh, I'm actually sealed right. I'm going to start preserving that stuff. There you go. I usually do about an uh, ounce and a half, so jigger and a half, big side of jigger, um, of grenadine. This one didn't turn out as syrupy as I do sometimes. Oh, I'm a little heavy. Okay. Now, does this beverage have to be stirred? I'm assuming no, because you want a different... Yeah, one thing I do like to do, and I forgot my bar spoon over here, I like to stir the bottom two ingredients there. So that way you're, you're kind of floating the orange juice on top. Um, so hopefully we'll get that nice sunrise effect. Not always perfect at it, so... Yeah, that works too. <laughs> Alright. So now, for the float, there's one spot where a bar spoon is kind of handy. Mm -hmm. So what you can do... Whoop, I already ruined it. No. Alright. Just kind of just slow it down before it hits the liquid. Now what we should get is like a nice two-tone effect. Yeah! There we go. Bam. Alright. There we go. Because the, the grenadine's trapped in the bottom, it's not quite as dramatic as it can be in a perfectly round, even glass, but uh, that'll do it all right. That's for sure. And I do like to stir them up a little bit before I drink. So let me get that strong. But when you're serving it to people, it looks kind of cool if you leave them a little separated, you know. People like that sort of look on the tequila sunrise. Like when people do the foam on the coffee. Yeah, yeah. And you wind up you know, sucking it up anyways, and that's the way it goes. All right, man. Cheers, tequila sunrises. Totally out of season. We need the vitamin C. Who's kidding? Oh, yeah. That's tasty. I can't even taste the tequila. No. This is like the total opposite of the whiskey highball, where that's like a dry, like, old man cocktail. This is a, on a beach somewhere, you know, at a, at a tiki bar. I think it's considered mm -hmm. a tiki cocktail. I should have looked up the history of the, the tequila sunrise. Can't recall it off the top of my head. Oh, and the grenadine recipe, by the way, completely 150,000% stolen from How to Drink on YouTube. Uh, strongly recommend that channel. You can learn a lot about um, general drink mixing skills. I make a lot of your mixers, things like that. So uh, shout out if for some reason he ever heard this. Uh, blanking on his name, but wow. Amazing, amazing video there for like home bartending. Um, Side resources. I love it. Professionalism only. Cheers, guys. Gonna be hitting the Jolly Jug over in the town of Tonawanda and Niagara Falls Boulevard. I'll get. I'll, I'll buy the first one because that's all I'm drinking. What do you want, Mike? You're gonna have to get your. Um... Here, sweetie. Hmm? We're doing a podcast. Yeah, it's not in circulation. Let's see if we can find that somehow. All the patrons? Yeah. That was Eugene's wife. That Eugene's mother. Oh. Um, yeah. This is Welcome to the Heart of Buffalo. Welcome to the Heart of Buffalo. There's a cake. <laughs> That's a beautiful cake. With the uh, the LPs on it. Yep. Huh. That's the owner right there. That's Christine. Christine, the current owner? That's 
The beer pair, all lager, shard and barrels, hollow be thy drunk. I will be drunk, I will be drunk. At home as in the traffic. Give us this day our foamy head and forgive us our spillages, as we forgive those who spill against us, and lead us not to incarceration. But deliver us from hangovers. For thine is beer, the bitter and lager forever and ever. Well, I spent a hell of a lot of time here. Quit drinking right around when I was born. Well, supposedly, I, I think uh, later this last year or two. Oh my god. Hello, hello, all. Hello, listeners. We are recording from Rojas Corner, located on Amherst Street, I believe. Ooh, across the street from a Wegmans, a Yo, beautiful, sexy-ass Wegmans. Part of the Amherst Street one, man. They kept me alive for years. Um, so, yeah, this is a city with some bar fucking history. Right now, we're, we're standing in a glass block, green glowing room, a vestibule thing of uh, row halls. So if you've never been to row halls, it used to be a bit uh, shadier. I, I don't feel like I'm going to stab anymore, honestly. So that's going to, later on, impact his dive stars, honestly. Uh, but, you know, drinks are still cheap. I got a round of Krupnik for all of us, which is like kind of a nice liquor for 20 bucks for a whole fucking round. Uh, for everybody that came to this, which is like six you... shots. Oh, okay. Yeah, so do the math on that. Uh, tip the guy decent, and and still, uh, that's not that's not gonna ding your wallet if you wanna look like a baller. Um, plus, uh, over here they got a lot of like Polish uh, beers, liquors, stuff like that. So we got the Krupnik. Uh, later on, you should try Zivits if they got Zivits. I think they do. Uh, that's like a Polish beer. It tastes curiously like beer from around here because Polish immigrants made a lot of the beer from around here. It looks like someone might perform later on tonight. Yo! Is there, uh, you know, there's Black Friday, and there's mm-hmm. Turkey Day, and this is Blackout Wednesday in Buffalo, traditionally. Ooh. This is the sloppiest day to go to a bar in Buffalo, period. So, what This is- makes New Year's look like a fucking saint's holiday. Yeah. If you wind up going to fucking Electric after this, you will see. You will see. Um, but you know, it, it's actually surprisingly tame over here right now. But the the DJs not even started. They just created their shit inside 20 seconds ago. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe out of this, we'll head further downtown, or we'll head home. I think through recent, I learned that Buffalo has a New Year's, not New Year's, New uh, Thanksgiving Eve, yes, where people like go Eve. hard. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, we go extremely hard. It's because it's the perfect. Perfect, like, combination of, you have college kids that are here that don't go home, so they're like, I don't know what shit else to do. You have people who are like, tomorrow I'd see my family fucking I'm getting plastered, me. And then, you know, you have, like, all, all these adults who are like, we have off work tomorrow. And they're like, you know what we should do? The turkey's brining, man. We don't have to start that till 10. Let's get hammered. And, like, fucking, that's, that is the Buffalo way. Like, you'll go out tonight and you'll see 40-year-olds as drunk as 20 one-year-olds you'll see like fucking that that is the way it's gonna be um it's a weird night that's like all ages in buffalo and uh i kind of really appreciate it so i know we're not uploading our very first episode but for those who are listening for the first time this will be their introduction to the history the introduction yeah we're digging back 
This is family history in this episode. And stamps the bar in the city of Tonawanda on Main Street. About six years. Six years. And what was that? How would you describe the experience? Fun, stressful. It can be rewarding. It's, it's, it's not a bad gig. I'm very lucky. All right. So, Jesse, we've been asking this question all over fucking Buffalo. What, like, is a dive bar and why are they fucking awesome? Dive bar, to me, tends to be a corner bar and it tends to develop its own family. It's not just random strangers every time. Yeah. It's regulars. People come, watch the game, maybe have lunch together, and it becomes a home away from home for most people. Damn. That is, like, That's almost word for word. response we've gotten so far. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it hasn't mattered, like, what kind of dive bar, like, what flavor it was or where it was, like, Tonawanda, South Buffalo, like, fucking downtown. Every neighborhood's got to have one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hello. Hey, John. Uh, it's Mike Wolf from uh, the Dive Bars podcast. How's it going? Good, Mike. Not too bad. Good, good. I've got my, uh, my partner, Amari Fall, here. And, uh, would you mind introducing yourself for everyone? Uh, well, I just, my name is John Ice, and, uh, I'm retired from, uh, a job that pays money, so I am spending a lot of time being interested in, uh, the history of Buffalo and the history of Burley in Buffalo. There we go. So, yeah, it's sort of, uh, sort of side-by-side side with our topic. I know that bars aren't necessarily the center of your expertise over there, more uh, distilleries, breweries, stuff like that, right? That's correct, yeah. All right, well, still plenty of, plenty of crossover there. So, uh, let's see. Um, so you, uh, you run a website, right? Yeah, we have a website, a friend of mine and I, and uh, it's called uh, John and Dave's Buffalo Brewing History, and the uh, website, and we also have a Facebook group page, uh, basically on the same thing. Yeah, I was able to check out the website and I forgot to check the Facebook out. <laughs> well, you know, you've, you've almost got to have a Facebook thing now when you have a website just to send people over to it to give them an idea that it exists, so it works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great site. It's absolutely packed with the packed with stuff for people who are curious. I definitely recommend everyone checks it out. But uh, let's see. All right, what do we got for questions for, man? How would you describe the relationship between, like, uh, dive bars and, you know, local breweries, and how have they evolved over time? Yeah, um, definitely uh, a strong relationship at times in history in the Buffalo area, and um, probably always <laughs> with a relationship of some sort. But um, there came a time uh, in Buffalo, and I, I'm sure you're aware of it, when the breweries were making the beer and said, you know what, why don't we get involved with the selling of it? And almost all beer is back, say, in the 1850s, 70s, uh, 60s, and, and 80s. In that time period, were all consumed at, at saloons, basically. So the breweries started buying up the saloons. And uh, they would have the breweries or the saloons sell their own beer. Uh, kind of exclusively, and uh, that became a real uh, system in Buffalo for quite a while uh, until it became an abuse of as time went on for the workers. So, would you say that the uh, rising dive bars and then bars, regular bars in general, has affected the popularity of breweries in Buffalo? Yeah, I did, I did want to mention one thing, is it's Ulrich's Tavern. It is the only tavern that I'm aware of that's still in existence that was once a, a, a tavern that was owned by uh, a local brewery, which was uh, Ziggles, uh, Ziggler's uh, Phoenix Brewery. Uh, where, where were they? Uh, where was the, the brewery? It was right next to or right behind uh, the tavern, which was on Virginia, I believe, in Washington. Is it Washington Street? Up uh, in the medical district. Now, 
it's quite, it's been around since uh, 1868, I think, is when uh, Oaks opened under a different name, of course. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's still, it's still in operation now. Uh, obviously, there were taverns and, and bars in Buffalo long before there were breweries. Or maybe not that long before, but before there were breweries. Uh, I, I, the first tavern we can probably assume was in Buffalo, or not assume, but we were pretty sure it was in Buffalo, was by a gentleman by the name of Joseph Hodges. And he had one down at Buffalo Creek, or what's now Buffalo River, uh, right near the, uh, right up east into the Niagara uh, River there in the, in the lake. Um, and he started about 1879, or I'm sorry, 1779 is when he arrived at Buffalo, and he was a, an escaped slave, and the first that I know of, the first person who built a cabin, married a Seneca, a Seneca Native American lady, and they set up this cabin there, and traded furs with the Indians and, and with other people, and uh, traded uh, whiskey, actually, for it. Um, the original bars, all the old, the earliest ones, uh, didn't really serve beer. You couldn't get beer here. And it was too expensive to ship, too difficult to ship overland. It was just almost impossible. So everything was, was whiskey and, and bomb at the time. That's awesome. In, in, in early America, you drink a lot of rum, right? I've read that before. Yes. Yes, rum was very popular and easy to come by because of the islands that were connected with us down in the Caribbean and uh, they, were, they could get the sugar cane and produce the rum and so it didn't have to come from like Europe, it just came right from the uh, New World. So yeah, rum became very popular and, and, and as I say, whiskey and our, the first stuff we got, believe it or not, you would think might come from Albany or New York, but it didn't. It came from places like uh, Pittsburgh, which was an early colony and, and came by ship. It was much easier to ship by ship into this area than it was uh, to try to come over land, even though it might have been farther. Is that just because they had the industry there? Both Pittsburgh and, and Detroit were started early because they were started by the by the French when the French were still in this area. So it wasn't that they had industry per se, but they started early enough that they had, had distilleries and could brew. Well, could you define what brewery is compared to like a dive bar? Like, well, how would you define both terms in the major Well, sure. They're, they're actually, a brewery produces or makes beer. Uh, and then we'll sell it normally wholesale to what we would consider uh, taverns, saloons, dive bars, places that sell that product, sell the beer, sell the wine, and, and uh, uh, the whiskeys, and, and whatever else. So one is a producer, which would be the brewery, and the other one is a, a consumer or, or something who sells it to the, to the public, and they're the, the uh, if you want to call it the bars and the, and the uh, saloons. Um, there's a, there, today, the, the breweries that exist today, they're either brew pubs or breweries or whatever um, in this area, and I think there's probably now maybe 20 of them, um, maybe 23 of them right in that area in this uh, Niagara Frontier area. We uh, um, do both. <laughs> they produce their own beer and they sell their own beer. And again, it's... You know, it harkens back to the age when I mentioned about the uh, breweries buying up some of the taverns. They wanted to do both. Well, nowadays, with the brew pubs and the, and the local breweries, they do do both. They, they produce it, manufacture it, and sell it. So, a bit more of a softball question here. What's your favorite beer and what's your favorite bar in Buffalo? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have scrambled. I have spent most of them. Maybe all or most of the brew pubs and breweries. I, I obviously love the local beers and I love the local produced beers. And I think it's the greatest thing that's happened in the area is for us to be brewing our own beer again and have so many different styles. Difficult for me to, oh boy, to name one that I would really like. And two of the most popular ones in Buffalo right now, I think, are one that's been around for a little while from Flying Bison Brewery. Is the heck is it called? Uh, Rusty Chain. Oh, the Rusty that. Chain. Yeah. That's very popular and, and going good a good winter beer and another one that's come on the scene now and, and become very popular uh, is from one of the downtown or is from a downtown brew pub um, and my 
it's the last call. In many cities in America, in fact. In Buffalo, we go till four. So, uh, still two hours. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, the last call. So where did we go? Uh, well, this, this round, we went to uh, two bars kind of digging back, right? We, we, we wanted to look at some roots. So uh, we went to the Jolly Jug, uh, which, which has not only roots in Western New York, but roots in my family. And uh, we went to Stamps. The bar uh, on Main Street in the city of Tonawanda. And uh, definitely some contrast. Definitely some contrast to other places we've gone. Uh, I liked them both. And we went to Row Halls. Oh, Row Halls. Almost forgot Row Halls in Black Rock Riverside. Oh, yes, yes. On yes, Thanksgiving yes. Eve. Mm hmm. Yep. Literally drank the place out of Krupnik. No more Krupnik in the entire bar. And it's a Polish bar. So, mind you, running out of Krupnik is like... I don't know, man. Uh, McDonald's running out of burger patties. It's fucked. Woo! Alright, so we got a score, though. So we got, we got... First up, uh, let's, go in, let's go in order we visited. Went to the Jolly Jug with my grandmother. Um, Jolly Jug, definitely a dive bar. Mm -hmm. Oh man, very clean inside, but you know, uh, dive vibes up and down. Uh, they open at <laughs> eight in the morning. They have breakfast sandwiches, and uh, they're not really a restaurant. You you go to the drink. Um, they do have a lot of food. Like they had an egg and cheese. And like seven cheese. or eight things. So more than the pink and less than the dome. How would you describe uh, your experience at? The Jolly Jug. Well, at the Jolly Jug, it was, oh, you, you know the feeling you get when you go through like a photo album with your folks, mm -hmm. and they're like a lot of people you never met, um, a, a lot of stories that you're just like accessing through other folks. That's what I got there because my my grandfather, she may have heard earlier, my papa um, spent a lot of time there for better or worse, and uh, going there with my grandma was like half ripping off. Uh, dry bandages over healed wounds so it didn't really hurt her but it did remind her of things that happened and the other half was me getting to access some of how she felt uh, because he, he passed away so long ago that I never really understood a lot of that other the other half of it was her accidentally accessing the the good times that did happen because of that place you know there there was warm memories mixed in with the bad ones and there there is on the the dark side you can be an alcoholic, um, and that hurts people around you, but that doesn't mean that alcohol and dive bars and bars in general are always a bad thing. You know, there is a healthy relationship that you can have to these, and we got to see the the twinkling lights of that um, in her as she, she looked back through those times, as well as the, the bartender, what was her name, Sharon? Um, the, the song, the heart of Buffalo that was written, uh, there and, and everything else. It, it was a very like nostalgia for things I never experienced firsthand sort of moment. How do you, what would you think? It did give me diving energy. It felt very different. I don't know why it was. Perhaps it was the, um, older crowd. Didn't feel as welcoming. All right, yeah. so we've been to a lot of dive bars, like even even right over here. Uh, Jake's, for example, super welcome, even though they had a similar vibe. Jake's was very like, oh my God, you guys are new, you're cool, hang out here. I didn't really get that at Jolly Jug. So if you're from out of town or don't really have a connection here, maybe not perfect uh, for you, honestly. I don't know but if you have a connection to Western New York, upscale, the region, the like towns, whatever, I, I'd say go there. There are folks who yeah. go there and have like some sort of membership there. Because it's clear that a lot of the people there were regulars. Yeah. But... Like, I even wanted to play pool, and I didn't wind up playing pool, because there's a lot of people that are, like, unscrewing their pool cues from cases, mm -hmm. and, like... They look like they Eyeballing the table, like, they all knew who was going to go first, and we were... And nobody was inviting us to play with them, where we've had that sort of experience in other spots, you know? Not not quite the same vibe. Was it a dive? Definitely. Definitely. But, like, it wasn't, it wasn't the positive that I look for in a dive bar, man. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we had taken my grandfather there or something back in the day, it'd be different. But, you know, not, not these days. Mm -hmm. All right. So after that, the second spot went to was uh, on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, yeah. Fucking 
Huge night out in Western New York. Nowhere was packed, but everybody was hammered that we saw, definitely. And a lot of the bars did close a little early because we got home pretty quick. But I uh, went to, went to Row Halls uh, over in Black Rock Riverside. And uh, it, the last time I was there, it was very divey. I'm not going to lie. It's like a Polish bar, uh, Amherst Grant area. And uh, we were at an event that literally drank the entire bar dry of Krupnik, which is a, a Polish honey liquor akin to vodka honey, sort of. And uh, there was none of it left. Amari tried their first fucking Krupnik ever. Um, not as divey as I expected, though. It, it was divier back in the past. That was kind of nice. Um, did you give your rating? No, I'm putting it 3.06. That's really stars. close to mine, because I was going to say 3.0 or 2.9. Because when we entered, the first thing I thought was, whoa, this is nice. Yeah. Curved ceilings, yeah. Uh, like vaulted ceilings, they call it that. Um, the drinks were still cheap as hell, and it's still in a part of Buffalo where, like, people don't necessarily go to go out. Um, and it's still got, like, a very, like, we're all regulars, we're gonna hang out here thing. The DJs that were playing were, all right, you know, they're definitely all just friends of people that work there and stuff like that. You know, spinning, like, one record after another. It, it wasn't like, you know, somebody going all out, a bunch of people dancing and everything else. It was... It was like somebody just playing their music type DJs, uh, which is definitely a more dive bar way to do things. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, all those rounds of Krupnik cost us maybe 20-something dollars. So that's for like getting a party of six out there on Krupnik, you know, plus beers, everything else, you know, cheap. Um, wow, yeah, it, it's not as divey as I remember it. It's kind of like the Tudor, right? Where it sort of cleaned up and got nice. Um, and, and the crowd there, when we were first there, was like skewed slightly older and then immediately sort of filled up with younger folk that probably moved into the West Side more recently, if I had to guess. Um, it's one of those bars like my dad remembers from the 80s. So they're an establishment. Like they're, they're a Buffalo tradition that's been there for a long time. Maybe not as long as Jelly Jug, but uh, definitely somewhere with some roots. Um, nowadays, I don't know if there's true to those roots though. So I'm staying at 306. Yeah, a couple minutes after I'd left, there was suddenly, like, a crowd of younger folks. Hmm. They were older than me, but, like, they were, like, relatively young. My so age. I, we met some people slightly who... Slightly under 30, slightly over 30. <laughs> we all got jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we met some people who had, like, graduated, like, UB Law and stuff like that, who were, like, attending... Who had previously graduated the uh, local college and stuff. And, I don't know, perhaps if I arrived a few minutes or, or like... Maybe an hour earlier, then it would have been a different energy. But yeah. like, it was relatively young and very. It gave me hipster vibes. I don't know why. I think I think the eighties term for it be yuppies, young urban professionals. Yes, yuppies. exactly. Yeah. Um, it was nice. I had no issues with the bathroom, and I think, um, as of late, I used the bathrooms as like a good measure of whether or not. Okay, complaint about them though. The the little boys room was a, uh, so they had a door mm -hmm. and then they had like a swinging saloon door inside of that door because the bathroom urinals were like directly in the line of sight of every single seat in the place. So if you're shy about peeing, um, you're not going to have a great time there. You know, because like every time someone comes to the bathroom they're going to they're gonna see you peeing. There's, there's no way about it. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. That's my only complaint. Other than that, it's actually a very nice place. Like, if, yeah. if I was to rate it as a bar to go to, yeah, 4.8 out, out of 5. Really, the service is great. The prices were amazing. And, uh, you know, it's centrally located between North Towns and, and Downtown. So it's pretty convenient to get to unless you're in South Buffalo. I'm um, surprised they didn't have, like, food there. Because it Yeah, the I thought they did. Like, Apparently um, not. Um, the setup looks like a restaurant. Yeah, it, it may have been. It's It was more of like a club lounge type of deal at mm -hmm. some point for like Polish immigrants and Eastern European immigrants. Now I think it's just sort of generalized itself a little more. So if you ever go to the Ukrainian club with us, then you'll get an experience where it's like that. And like one night a week, a grandmother comes in a babushka and fucking makes pierogi and makes every, every like dish you can imagine from Eastern Europe. Um, lots of beets. But, you know, not, not like 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 the, the vegetable, the root vegetable thing. But, you know, it, it, 
they're very close and they're, they're both the same neighborhood. That's the kind of vibe I get there, but like they lost a little bit of that flavor. So that's why I dial it back on the, the dive bar score, not the overall bar score. Maybe one day we'll have a podcast where we score them how your average person might like them. So I'm the last place. Uh, three and a 3.5 and f- yeah. as far as their um, dive bar score. We're, we're going on dive stars. Only because, right. of, only because of their drinks because their drinks are pretty divey. But, like, yep. everything else was not divey. Like, if, if we're able to run a bar out of liquor, <laughs> like, a liquor at least, um, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's still in the threes. All right, so after that, pee. you can pee. Sorry. Well, we got, at least we got a clap to do the cut mark. Yeah. And the last one, stamps the bar. Uh, so it, it's a it's a city of Tonawana fucking tradition. Uh, been open since 1987? Six? What'd she say? Y'all remember from the interview earlier, so ignore my factual loosenesses. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Cash Only Punk Bar um, recently opened up to hip-hop, electronic, and jam bands as well. Uh, used to be a bit more of like a leather jackets and moshing only type event. Uh, was once a post office, thus the name Stamps. There's other facts that you should know about them. Dime stars for dive bars. 4.62. I mean, cash only, right there. That's an automatic boost. Uh, then we're going with PBR on tap. If a bar has PBR on tap, it's a punk bar. Why? Because... PBR is like cheap as fucking hell and getting it on tap means that the bar is selling it for even cheaper it's the only way to make PBR taste good so um, that means you're trying to get middle aged punks which most of us are not by love of god and uh, fucking hell man uh, they got good shows so you know it, it's like if you imagine Mohawk as a shadier joint I, I think that's a good way to imagine it you know it's like Mohawk if Rick hadn't fixed it up all the way he did uh it, it's taken care of by a family that honestly fucking cares about it. So that's good. But, you know, they have that mix of, like, regulars and then random scenes that show up in and out. Um, I know a lot of, like, those scene regulars, like she was talking about, right? Where they're, like, people that cycle in for the show that's relevant to them and then disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even people that work there like that. Like, my one buddy only works there on, like, punk nights, because otherwise he will lose his fucking mind. Like, that is kind of that cool fucking family vibe you get there. We were also able to talk to pretty much anyone there, although we didn't do too much of that interviewing people, folks-wise. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going in the upper four-and-a-half skis for them. What did you say? I would just like to point out that your rating for them is higher than Mohawks. Um, I'm not trying to compare... Mohawks cleaned up. I haven't been to Mohawks before they've cleaned up. However, for some reason they give me the same energy, except for this one had more lighting. Not to say that that would make it less divier. Show the dirt more. But, like, I did feel, like, more... Because for Mohawk, I felt like the energy was centered towards the performances. Yeah. Which makes sense, because they have a lot of They're a of great, fucking venue. Yeah. They're, they have they're, a, they're a venue through and through. Yeah, they have great performances. I've never like, known anybody that went to Mohawk to just drink. Whereas, um, when we went to Stance... It felt like a bar, and it was like, oh, while you're here, you might as well just watch the mm-hmm. show. Um, it was really easy to talk to the people who worked there. Yeah. It was... They were extremely forthcoming. Like, a lot Yeah, of the, really nice. We've, we've had to, like, try to nail people down for interviews so hard. And they're... They were showing up like, are you guys ready? And we're like, oh my god! Yeah. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know she was ready when she asked no. me that. I thought you were waiting on her. Like, she was like, no, like I'm Six seconds on after we asked, like, oh, you guys are And we're like, and fumbling with our fucking phones yeah. and shit. Um, and I agree with the point that you made about like how it's like family owned because she yeah. mentioned something. I don't know if Which you is have very a, important for dive bar status. In my I don't opinion. know if she mentioned on record, but like, she like brings her kids there and they help out, not during. You know, no, there's nothing yeah, legal about that. So, yeah. uh, or immoral, really. I and mean, a lot of the, even remember Rick saying, you know, mm-hmm. when he was a kid, he had to help out his dad's bar. He, yeah. His dad had to help out his grandpa's bar. Like, you know, um, a, a lot of these are family fucking businesses, just like a Greek restaurant, just like, you know, uh, whatever you can imagine. It, it's no different. And the sense of community they inspired was like the first fucking thing that she brought up, mm-hmm. you know, was that she had been to some patron's 
kids' birthdays and stuff, you know? So, like, the image that that follows a lot of these places, where it's, like, somewhere degenerates hang out, I I think is utterly and completely wrong. And, uh, honestly, if we've proved anything to you over this season, I hope it's that. That, like, these dive bars are not just somewhere where people go to get fucking plastered. Uh, There's somewhere people go to build connections that either nowadays they might crave because all we have is, like, weird facetious digital connections to one another or because back in the day connections were dictated largely by weird social rules you know like male intimacy for example is cool if you're drunk like you can you can be you can be close with your friends you can talk about emotions and things like that if you guys are drunk at a bar but if you were just meeting on the street like hey how's it going tim you know and you could talk about things you might not talk about in that scenario or at work or whatever and speaking of that um, I felt really comfortable and safe there. Oh, not just, yeah, yeah. Also, I think it's because there were like a, I won't say a lot, but like there were other queer folks there. And yeah, it was, it yeah. was like a stamps has a history of being the, more like, open and yeah. accepting than somewhere like say the Jolly Chuck. So it, yeah, Jolly Chuck, exactly. uh, well, I think about a hundred percent white straight folk, mm-hmm. um, generally speaking. Yeah, you know, I. I Honestly, some of the people I know that work there haven't been, but, like, there's a difference because you get the respect of being a bartender rolled in, and it's different than being a patron. Um, versus even, you go to somewhere like Jake's, though, where, like, the crowd might not have any queer people in it, but nobody would think it was weird if you were queer. Because, like, I've never yeah. seen anybody just there, period. We also met, like, patrons who spoke about how, like... Yeah. 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 You know, so it, there's a spectrum. You know, if there's one thing I hope, Mari, you've learned, uh, is there's this wide range at the bottom, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's an entirely different world than going to, like, nice balls. You know, I, I think that's I think that's the point of the podcast. Man. Yeah. Man. I didn't feel unsafe at, what's it called? Stamps? Yeah, at Stamps. Well, God, no. Um, very divey. I think my rating, I would have to agree with you it would have to be a little bit higher than Mohawks oh but it was really it was really good I one really more thing that. that adds dive stars to their dive bars dive star score is the fact that they in the men's room there's two receptacles right there's a toilet perfectly normal toilet kind of behind weird saloon doors makes you feel like a cowboy that's cool the other one though is a urinal and this urinal honestly is about halfway between my belly button and my nipples I'm a very short person, but like, that's frustrating, man. If somebody's on the, the toilet, then to look at this thing and like, man, what the hell? That that's impossible. I either have to stand with my back to the other door, or like tippy toes, and then even no, it's awful. So that's extra dive stars, man, because that's a bad porcelain situation, which is automatically divier, you know, than like Mohawk where. It, Granted, the stall door was ripped off, but, you know, you can pee in comfortably, at my height, either one of the receptacles. <laughs> Are you saying bad bathrooms make for higher ratings? In dive terms, yes. 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 As long as they're usable, you know, yeah, the, the unusability makes it sort of divier in that case. Also, one cool thing about stamps that they do that's very divey is uh, the, the men's room, I don't know about the other one, but... Um, it, it has stickers on the wall and graffiti going mm-hmm. back easily decades. So I saw, like, a band I knew that broke up in 2004. Their sticker was still above the toilet. It, like, where fancy bars in New York might put a newspaper or something for you to read, um, they, they have stickers from bands and graffiti and shit. And, yeah, that that's the history that you can feel in a place like that. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And yeah, but they get extra dive points because one toilet is literally unusable if you're under six two. <laughs> Wait, did I see a specific number for ratings? Well, fuck it, spit on another one. What did uh, I say? Four five? I think four point five. Four six. Four point zero six. I don't know. What? I think I'm gonna raise it to four point eight. It was mm. pretty divey. Spiking it. All right, there Which, we go. Because of Mohawk, I thought, it, like, you can't have performances in be a dive bar, but they nope, put me on the nope. Yeah, because, like, that, that's, like, a, you, st- you know, cash only. You ask if they take car, and nope, got an ATM. <laughs> um, 
they've had brawls there, that's a uh, divier. You know, any, any bar that's recently had something smashed over somebody's head. Mohawk, thanks to people like Ballsy, has been very safe and secure for a long time now. Um, whereas back when I was younger, it used to be sketchier like that. You know, stabbing and smashings, whatever. Now Mohawk is a place where, like, you can go and enjoy a show and not be hassled. The Stamps is, you know, still a little... <laughs> um, but in a good way, man. I like that, especially if you're going to, like, a punk venue or whatever. Like, some of the memories I have there are, like, from when I immersed, first moved back to Tonawanda, and I'd go there and just, like, be able to enjoy a small mosh pit in front of a band of, like, high school kids whose parents had to bring them there because they're not allowed to be in the bar otherwise. They're, like, brand-new musicians, and you can just buy, like, throwing down in front of them and having a great time, even if they fuck up, like, give them the energy to keep making music and stuff like that. So you're, you're part of the process, which is really cool for, like, a small venue uh, sort of vibe. If you if you buy, like, a $5 copy of their shitty CD without a label on it, like, you're, you're honestly letting them buy equipment and stuff like that. Um, so it's a place to be really, really in the ground level of, of music production and uh, help people realize their dreams quick question so i know mitski played in basements did she yeah. play at mohawk um i don't know if mitski ever played at mohawk i saw mitski at uh 54 northrop back when our friends ran a venue there in the living room uh so that was still when mitski was whipping around in like a shitty car with all of her fucking gear rammed into it and uh oh my god i think joe and i like slept on a couch across the chair from where Mitski did, like, with our friend's dog, Henry Rollins, Rollins, like, Henry Rollins, yeah, anyways, like, drooling the fuck all over us, um, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's the, that was my favorite sort of venue, I'm a little too old to hang out at all that now, it'd be kind of weird, I showed up at, like, a college fucking party, yeah, venue, um, so that's it. It's got its place in time. But, you know, uh, now going to places like Stamps sort of reminds me of that feel. So so considering the fact that this is like the last episode of our... Season. Uh, yeah. Season one. Of all the bars we went to, and maybe the ones we haven't been to. Yeah. Um, what are your top five dive bars? Oh, all right. So we're going electric number one. Yeah, grand. I got a personal stake in that. Fucking a lot of hours there, but that is the the best balance, man. You're getting the good good parts of the dive bar uh, distilled down to what matters, and you're getting a bare minimum of the awful parts. You know, um, you're not, you're not getting such an exclusive feel to it that you don't feel welcome being there. And at the same time, everyone is very welcoming. You know, they're not freakishly like customer service welcome to best buy welcoming they're like you know comfortably welcoming to you uh the drinks are cheap as fuck uh everyone there is is nice as hell and um there, there's good choice of booze to go on honestly they're they're like the ideal dive bar in my mind second of all i'm gonna go to the pink uh because the pink does have food and stuff they're the holdout on allentown um, they have done their fucking best to remain the dive bar with historical roots, mind you, um, on Allentown. And, uh, and really, really, when everyone else had pressure to gentrify around them, they have just said, fuck you all. That takes something. Um, number three, we're going with Q. Avenue Q. Because I had even forgotten, despite living there for years, um, right around the corner, that they were technically a dive bar uh, because they have quietly catered to the queer community in Western New York for a long time. And we went there and had a lovely time uh, for, for very little money. And wow, it, it was just so nice, honestly. It, it was a refreshing, like, mint after some of the places we've been to. Number four, uh, let's see here. Oh, hmm. Can I count rolls? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do rolls. Not as divey, but a great fucking time, man. And, uh, you know, if you're in Black Rock Riverside, they're like a shining gem amongst a lot of hipster bars where they're like just on the cusp of starting to get there, but they're not there yet. You know, number five? Uh, man, Flavors of Allentown. They're new. 
Honestly, I'm giving them a chance. All right, they're, I hope they take the heritage of the bend, skip entirely over what the exchange was, because that was awful, and turn it into the best lesbian fucking dive bar that ever was. Um, I, I'm, that, is a, that is a Hail Mary, and that is me hoping that those girls can fucking figure it out and get that same vibe that was there, naked Sophie Loren paintings on the wall, you know, bring it back. Bring it back as it was, but in a queer, fun sense, you know? I, I think they can do it. I think they're doing it right now. And uh, I hope they fucking keep it up. So that's number five. Now you. For the first one, I I think I'm gonna have to go with Chateau Ray. I went there for the first time after the episode. <clears throat> Very huge fan. I guess you can tell by the fact that. Wait, I, I thought you said show. you went to uh, that other spot where you got the shirt. Yeah, that was Chateau Ray. Right. Yeah, I went there this past Wednesday. Huh. Oh yeah. Okay. It's really Q bar because. Fuck, that was awesome. Yeah, very dabby, very fun, very queer. I would say Jake's next. Oh, shit! Fuck! I forgot Jake's because they're, like, just my second living room. Fuck! You didn't name Jake's? Fuck! Fraud. Can I slot them in number two? No, I... no, Damn it's it. too late. You're a fraud. Now they know that you didn't put them on their list. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't kill me. Don't worry. There. I put you guys I'm on the list. I'm getting buried in the parking lot. I enjoyed Jake's. I'm getting buried in the parking a lot. A lot. Fuck! Um, oh, gosh. <clears throat> Am I on three? Yeah, I am on See, three. I forgot all the fucking bars we went to, man. We went to uh, so many bars. I know. What's the total count? Um, Can't do it right now. I'm too drunk. Oh, my God. Three, I want to say... We've had like three an episode. Times six episodes. We've, we have been to a lot of dive bars. Good God. I forgot about the dome. I don't know if dome is on this list. Well, top fives, maybe not. Because they, they changed from the two times we went there. They changed ownership, literally. Uh, oh, my God. This is way harder. I should have had a notebook before I did this. Fuck! Oh, no. I forgot the last three. Three more. But we have to make a list of all the bars we actually went to. I'm going to have to look at my Google history. It doesn't have to just be uh, the bars we went to Well, ideally together. the ones we rated. Okay. So, I already said... Chateau Ray. Oh, Cathode Ray. Cathode, okay. Chateau, you're turning to French. It's cathode, like the positive I thing thought in a was battery. An H in there. No, no, it's cathode ray, like the cathode and the anode. Oh. The positive and negative terminal. Cathode yeah. ray. Two was Q Av. Avenue Q and or Q Lounge and or Q Avenue and or different names. We don't know. We also went to. Oh, we forgot about them. Dome. Yep. The pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes. Okay, I remember. Number four was Mohawk. Oh. Yeah. Spicy, not electric. Electric. Oh shoot, that's six. Uh, right. It. It's Mohawk, so fucking okay. hard to rank these. I want to put Mohawk with um, stamps. Eagles? But I, I don't want, yeah, but I don't want to say that they're the same. They're not. They're cousins. Okay. They're I like cousins. Mohawk more than I did Yeah. Stamps. I mean, if... Uh, I mean, mostly for me, honestly, because they take cards. Like, I told you exactly what the fuck was going to happen. We're going to go there with a set amount of cash, and then I'm going to have to go to the fucking ATM. So my top six would be Cathode Ray. All right. Q-Bar, Jake's... Mohawk stamps and electric app. Okay, okay, I'll take it. Um, if I could revise mine, Jake's would be honestly number two. So how going back again? It's electric Jake's, then the pink, then Avenue Q, then don't. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Who do I want for number five? Well, guys, it's been a hell of a fucking season. Look forward. Hopefully, to season two of Dive Bars. Maybe we'll do more in Buffalo. Maybe we'll be in Toronto. Maybe we'll be in Detroit. Maybe we'll be in New York. Who Not the fuck Atlanta. knows? Atlanta. The Rock. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a spring, so, uh, short season, finish mopping up Buffalo. We got we to mop it up. We got to mop it up. There's We missed some spots. You know, the floor still got some smudges on it. Um, I'd like that. I'd like that. Went to perhaps the only divey food establishment. I think I've dragged Amari to. Colossal Taco, we know how to review booze. And uh, thank you so much for listening to everything you guys have so far. Been a long couple hours. 
<laughs> this has been Dive Bars. Last couple. Mike Wolf. And a knife. Great. Down the lake from Bumper.